Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in April and May, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Monte Cristo, Especialis No. 2, San Cristobal de la Habana, El Principe, Cohiba, Siglo 5, H. Upman, Half Corona, and Hoyo de Monterey, Double Corona. And for New Worlds, we've got E.P. Carillo, Allegiance, in Sidekick, Davidoff, Late Hour, in Robusto, Aging Room Quattro, Nicaragua Sonata, in Maestro, Dunbarton, Tobacco and Trust, Sin Compromiso, Selección No. 4, and the Davidoff, Winston Churchill, in Bellicoso, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica 5 Cigar Company. It's a handcrafted and artisan story built with a strong foundation by two legends, Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame, and Cuban master blender Hamlet Paredes. The entire line is crafted by Rob and Hamlet and refined with feedback from a hard-nosed tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. You can jump on the FOH forum right now and post reviews and comments that go straight to the powers that be. They're already fantastically priced, but exclusive to Lizard listeners. Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off Puro Desnudo Ninfas N7, five packs and 50 count bundles using promo code FAB5, that's F-A-B-5, right now at Fabrica005.com. Plus, worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over 125 bucks US. This offer only lasts one more week. Again, use code FAB5 for 10% off Ninfa's five packs and 50 count bundles for the next week at Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order Fabrica5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo, and tonight I'm joined by Rooster, Puba, Senator, Pagoda, Grinder, and Bam Bam, a full house of lizards. And our plan is to smoke a cigar with a very special guest, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 56th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a Cuban cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We welcome on Rob Isla from Friends of El Habano and Bond Roberts to discuss his history and passion for the hobby, FOH's famous forum, BR's online auction house, the pitfalls of Habano's SA, and FOH's new world releases, all among a variety of other things for the next two hours. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we smoke the Partagas Lusitanius. A double Corona from Cuba tonight on the pod, the Partagas Lusitanius, uh, 49 ring gauge cigar by seven and five eighths inches. And uh, we have a very special guest with us tonight, Rob Isla, El Presidente from Friends of El Habano, FOH as it's famously known. Used to be known as Friends of Habano, so we could talk about why that changed, but uh, Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts, among many other ventures. You're a busy man, Rob. Guys, uh, fantastic to be on. Thank you so much for the invitation. Busy, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I've always been someone who gets bored easily. So I, 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 uh, I see these fantastic opportunities to work with fantastic people on fantastic projects. And uh, at this point in time, I, you know, I, I don't see a reason to say no. Uh, it's just a lovely way to spend time. It's, He's working on great projects with 
great people. He's an optimist, boys. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's great to do something that you love, and, and it sounds like you love the business, and that's that's fantastic. So many people go through life, and you know, they're doing something that they love 50%. Now, maybe I'm being uh, presumptuous, assuming that you love the cigar business, but it sounds like you do. I love the cigar people, and it's a unique set of people. Yeah, I think I was saying it um, a couple of weeks ago, but cigar people are unique. You don't find it in the wine industry. You don't find it in the whiskey industry. Um, lovers of the leaf, they love to share. They love to laugh. They love to travel. They love to catch up, and and that's key for me. And I think if you don't if you don't love people, you have no right to be in the cigar business. I, I can't see how you could succeed. Yeah, it's different because you just, I, I think we would all agree you spend time um, smoking with people and that's a conversation and you're making like this investment in the time because it's about time where, you know, you can have a whiskey with someone and be in and out of that conversation in 20 minutes. So different with cigars. That's mm -hmm. no, very different. Uh, let's light this. <laughs> <laughs> we want to smoke. Let's cut day. this thing, okay, boys. Okay, these guys really want to smoke. See, we're getting on the... Uh, I think Rob already imbibed. Cold draw on the wrapper. So this came out of a, mine came, ours came out of a 50 cab that I got. Uh, it's EBO January 20. Rob, you said yours is 21? Yeah, uh, SOU July 21. It's, it's the perfect draw on this. Mine is perfect draw. Right. Yeah, mine's perfect too. Yeah. So I find that maybe 30% of these, 20% of these, I have a draw issue sometimes. Maybe more. Yeah, you're going well. Um, look, it, isn't draw an interesting subject? You could give the same cigar to five different people and you'll get five different interpretations of the draw. Uh, but I agree with you. I mean, I, I prefer a slightly easy draw. Uh, just you've got that Cuban, the, the typical Cuban draw you need to pull on the cigar. I'm fine with that. But, but mm -hmm. off. Yeah, just a, a touch of tightness. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I just would, I don't, I don't mind it being just a little mm -hmm. bit more open than that these days. It's getting a lot of uh, cedar on that, on that cold. The cold draw cold is delicious draw. on this. The cold draw is really nice on yeah. these. How's I, the, how's the cold draw pagoda? <laughs> it looks red <laughs> I'm in my own world, man. <laughs> you guys can keep drawing cold. <laughs> the warm draw is pretty good too. <laughs> it's excellent. And by the way, this is one of the first ones, which is uh, yeah. You've had a bad yeah. bad luck with draw. This so. is very nice. All right, boys, let's light this thing. The Partagas Lusitania, famous cigar, um, comes in a variety of different packaging options. Uh, we always talk about the 50 cab. Uh, it also comes in a dress box of 25 and a dress box of 10 uh, and again it's 49 ring gauge by seven and five eighths inches and i smoke i try to smoke one of these every sunday watching football that's kind of my move with these cigars it's a nice tradition you have yeah it's not terrible hey rob do you prefer a lucy with a with age on it or do you like them fresh um i think they're very different animals and to me, I prefer a Lucy with three to five years on. That's it. Um, I prefer that over a vintage Lucy. I, there's that, there's that, 
there's that sourdough bread coffee paprika mix that you get at that three to five year mark that all just it provides a real richness to the cigar and i can also appreciate a vintage lucy but i think it loses some of those characters which i enjoy yeah and you find that some people absolutely adore vintage cigars. I and been saying vintage Monte Cristo number two is I prefer Monte Cristo number two at three to five years again because I don't want to lose that that cocoa aspect to it. I don't want to lose that uh, that shortbread aspect to it. So different strokes for different folks. For me, a Lucy at three to five is perfect. Another question, Rob, do you pursue these in a 50 cab or a dress box? Are you kind of agnostic to how they come or do you have a preference? I, I love, I love 50 cabs. I love tobacco on tobacco. I, I love the aroma of a 50 cab. Uh, it's, it's just intoxicating. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe it's a cerebral thing, uh, but I, I do prefer a 50 cab. You're you're in good company. I think we have a strong, strong preference for any stick that comes in a fifty cab over a dress box that's crammed in. Yeah, yeah. I find that the. I mean, we talk about it sometimes on the pod, but the twenty five count dress boxes. It's almost like the dress boxes are like a quarter of an inch too small, and they stuff them in there, and they almost have like a pseudo kind of box press on them, which I don't even think happens in the ten count, but it happens with a lot of twenty five count boxes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, look, I seek out the fifties myself. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'd love a lot more fifties um, at this point. At the moment, you I could buy at the some moment, from Gizmo. The, I do. I do have quite a few, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I have seven. <laughs> yeah, totally I'm right. a degenerate, Rob. I'm sorry. Or, or, right now, you're cornering the world market. Fifty uh, cash. <laughs> Bastard. So, what are you guys getting on the light? Rob mentioned some notes. I think he's right on point. Yeah. Getting some pepper. A little bit of pepper, yeah. It's very creamy for me. Yeah, mine's super creamy. Yeah. Sourdough is a good note. The sourdough is a really good note. Yeah. It's actually, I mean, I've smoked several of these and I've never really picked that out, but it's spot on. Yeah. It's really quite good. Even a broken clock, gentlemen. Even a broken clock. Yeah. So, Rob, um, <laughs> I find your, uh, you know, I've told you this when we spoke before, but I find your, your, your business fascinating. I find your retail operation fascinating. And the forum, obviously, which is pretty revered uh, in the cigar community, it's been around. How long has it been around now? We started twenty the years forum. Most two, yeah, yeah, eighteen years. It's been around uh, two thousand and four. Wow. So um, we we started the forum. We wanted to see if we could build a business that had a corner store feel or a or a B and M feel, a local feel, but on a global basis. Um, yeah, Oz is too small. Australia is way too small um, to, to to run a, a a great retail operation. We just don't have the clientele. We just don't have the the, the legislative support. Um, the taxation's too high. Blah blah blah. So we want to see if we can do it on a global base. And a forum's a fantastic way of of communicating with your client base. And that's how we started. And it's also forums a very good discipline to have in business because it uh, it forces you to to deal with people. Uh, it's your front of house. It's you know what most people, most businesses in our game, their website is their secondary operation. 
for us, it's your pri- it's our primary operation. So, and being a primary operation, it's your it is your prime focus. Uh, so we treat it very differently. How much is a Lucy in Australia? Yeah, what are the taxes? You said the taxes are kind of uh, yeah. What's the tax on the converting tax it to U.S. dollars? Be eighty-five U.S. dollars for a Lucy. Wow! Oh. Wow! Jesus! So I guess a Cohiba is about a thousand. <laughs> yeah, uh, a Stiglo sticks is now a hundred and seven. It'd be a hundred and thirty U.S. dollars. That's crazy. That's a Stiglo one. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Does no one in the Australian government smoke cigars? Why why, did the, why are the taxes so aggressive there? They they went through a um, a period of in 2011 uh when Nicola Roxon was our health minister and uh, in the Labor government and they ramped up taxes at uh, 12.5% per annum plus CPI. And they racked it in for four and a half years. And before you knew it, we pay in terms of taxation $1,691 a kilogram. Um, so what's that? $1,250 US dollars a kilogram. So a box of Lucy, the box of Lucy 25, the tax is $900, Aussie, $750 US dollars or thereabouts on a box of, of Lucy Tanyas. Wow. So most Aussies will buy their cigars offshore and, and ship them in, which is completely legal. And and hope that they, they that their box misses the misses the, the customs agents on the way in. But even if they get picked up once or twice out of every four, at least they're averaging down their cost structure. Right. I mean, it would be beneficial for the government to lower the taxes so people don't bring in these boxes from offshore. You you think so? You, you, you'd think so, but we look, we do have politicians who smoke cigars, and, and I've, I used to supply a lot of them. I cut them all off when they passed this legislation. Uh, <laughs> and, well done. <laughs> and, of course, then they went to plain packaging, which was nuts. And, and to, have plain, to have politicians contact you and say, Rob, can you give me a good price in that box of Cohiba Robusto, and can you send in the original packaging? And, and these are the same bastards who actually... Uh, past the plain packaging laws. So I said, no, we don't do politician. Uh, we have a no toss in that wanker policy. <laughs> Good for uh, you. Bravo, we bravo. Don't, we don't do politicians. <laughs> we don't do politicians. And yeah, so because they, but when I asked that direct question, why, why the taxation? Why the plain packaging? Why the zealous pursuit? Their answer was always the same. There is no votes in tobacco. And uh, right, it's yeah. all politics, it's, it's all, not common sense. No, it's all politics, yeah. yeah. We know about that here. It's uh, <laughs> our politicians play politics, except mm-hmm. here, uh, tobacco spends, we, we donate exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. A lot yeah. of disposable income, folks, who are smoking these. Oh, so uh, yeah. yeah, they're happy to collect that. They're happy to, they're happy to collect it, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, Rob, back back to your history for a second. Um, so, how did you get into the cigar business? Like, what did you do before the cigar business? How did you get into it? What what's uh, that's one part of your story that I don't know. I was uh, know. I was I'm a banker by training, so I was, I was ex banking until 1993, almost 1994, 
commercial property banking. And then um, we just came out of the recession and I was, they, I was heading up a banking division and we managed to, well, we, our bank screwed a client who's one of the, one of my best friends these days. And I re, it was the hardest phone call I've ever had to make is letting him know that uh, we have now reneged on a deal. And then I resigned from banking that same day. And I only had about eight clients. I mean, it's commercial properties, big dollars, but small number of clients. And another good friend of mine called me that same day, and uh, Manu Bajwani from Singapore, and says, what are you going to do now? So I have no idea. So uh, I went and worked for him in Singapore, and we did international trade for a couple of years. He ran a a very big business with his family company in electronics, in, uh, in cotton and manufacturing. Oh, no. like 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 a lot of Indians in that part of the world have done they've done exceptionally well in building multinationals um, in many industries. The last name was Bojwani, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, Bojas. Yeah, Man, yeah, Manu Bojwani. I was just in Singapore a couple of weeks ago. We caught up with him again. Yeah, yeah, Bojwani. Uh, and so he he's he's always been a mentor of mine and a great friend of mine. And I've worked with him for for two years, uh, partly as a negotiator, in effect negotiating different projects in different industries. And then uh, we're having a cigar in Crown Casino in Melbourne. We, we were looking at a polystaple fibre plant down there to supply. He had a factory in Indonesia making Gantt clothing. Um, and anyway, looking there, and I just, we're having Siglo 3s. And I said, Manu, I can't do this too much longer. I've got a young son, Ben. Uh, I'm spending too much time away on the road. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to resign. And he says, "What are you going to do?" And I said, "You know what? Australia is a monopoly at this point in time in terms of cigars, and I've always loved cigars." I said, "I'm going to see if I give this a crack." And he said to me, "I think, I think I'm a Habanos dealer somewhere in the world." And when Someone of Indian origin says that it means one of his family members is a Havanos dealer somewhere in the world. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and indeed he was. So we started parallel importing tobacco in 1996 into Australia cigars, and by 1999 2000, we were such a pain in the ass that um, PCC came knocking. Uh, they had a new CEO, Abel Gonzalez Ortego, and he had, we had a lovely meeting in Brisbane and he flew up and we got on well. He saw my operation. He knew where I was getting the cigars from because you could see the, the tags on them. And he said, uh, he went to dinner. I always remember this dinner. He said, I really like you. He says, I think you're great for the cigar business. I think we could do some business together eventually but first i'm going to have to he always made me put his fist together he's going to have to crush you i said well that's lovely uh i said said, how about you do this abel how about you go away and try to crush me for say six months and um and if you don't crush me after six months we'll have dinner in sydney but it's your shout but you make the call he goes fine so they put people on the road they tried to shut us down they tried to undercut us on pricing but their model was all wonky it was it was it was, it was fairly fairly old school 
Um, and he gave me a call after six months and said, let's get together. So we got together in Sydney. And I've been with PCC ever since. We cut a deal then. Wow. Amazing. So how much, how, do, do, do you have an, like, do you have a certain amount of exclusivity, a certain amount of allocation agreed with you know, as an agreement with them? And how, how much of Australia, I mean, basically, does PCC have exclusivity in the region? PC, on the island? PCC are the, are the authorized distributors uh, for, for the Asia Pacific. And PCC have, a, have an operation in Australia. Um, fantastic people run their operation here. Gianno, Angelo Giannacopoulos, uh, Brett Hogan, fantastic operators. I've got a CEO is Dag Hombo in, in Hong Kong. I've got excellent relationships with all of them. Uh, in terms of volume, yeah, certainly we're the largest without going into numbers. We, we are the largest. Um, we're one of the largest in the Asia Pacific. In terms of allocation, they just do the best that they possibly can, especially you know, today specifically or this last two years effectively. Right. Um, we've been one of the best supplied operators in the world. And, and that's completely down to the goodwill and the relationships that we've built over that time, um, the friendships that we have, they understand how, it, how important it is for, for, for us to, to, to have stock and they just do everything they possibly can to, to make sure that occurs. Yeah, and with the, with the loyal customer base and the end user pull through that you're getting, um, that's great. And, 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 and to, I mean, to, you know, through, the, through the good times or when there was plenty of stock and, you know, we, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, look, hey, I started as a parallel importer. So, you know, all those years ago. Um, but once once we got married, I didn't sleep around. Yeah. Um, so I've always been. <laughs> right. I've, Smart I've man. always been. You know, and even, even if we were out of stock on this line and, you know, or that line and we had the opportunity, we, we never did. So I always gave them. You stayed I loyal. gave them my word and I stayed loyal. And. Uh, and there were times you'd think, Jesus, you'd think they'd give us some more stock of this or that, blah, blah, blah over those years. But these last two years, you, you come to appreciate how, how they remember those things and, and how loyalty is rewarded. And they have rewarded me for that. And I, I certainly appreciate it. Well, it must feel great to, to have that kind of relationship and, uh, uh, loyalty matters. Hey guys, loyalty matters still. Yeah, yeah. it does. It, you know, it pays yeah. off. Listen, the thing that you know, Bam Bam and I just came back from Cuba. The one thing I learned is the one thing I learned is that the industry is so small. It's and everyone knows everyone. Else. Everybody knows everybody else. It's so tiny. So I, I have to imagine that you know, of course we, you know, I would think that it's bigger than it is, but it's really just. It's really a very tight knit small community yeah, of people. How how is your inventory level like like this like currently? Um, awful. Um, so we it, but it's not just out. I mean, let's go through. Yeah, you know, everyone's working on a on a two to three week timetable. You know, we we used to have everyone. I mean, from PCC, any distributor in the world, really doesn't know what is just relying on the next shipment coming in. To top up some shelves, to top up some repo, uh, the next shipment coming in from Habanos. There is no stock supply. They, wholesalers used to have, or distributors used to have, you know, they used to a minimum three months, ideally six months worth of stock. 
now now it, it would be three to six weeks at best. Yeah. So that makes forecasting a lot of fun. There is no forecasting. There's begging, right? <laughs> <laughs> forecasting is, is not even happening. <laughs> yeah. you know, once upon a time, you'd say, look, I don't want to take 2,006 of that. I'll take 1,000 of that. I want to uh, no, let's drop that. No, we want to reduce our order to this size there. We want to do this. Now you say, whatever you've got. Uh, Whatever you've Good got, <laughs> I'll take it. Right? And I think, but the distributors are in the same boat. They're all in the same boat. So, it, it, and I mean, it, why why do you, why do you think that is though? I mean, is it more because the demand is higher or? The supply is lower. Supply supply wasn't great before COVID. It was good, but it wasn't great. There was still huge holes in the portfolio. I mean, you all saw that. Even you know, back in 2018, 2019, there was huge holes. COVID came. The the tourists didn't into Cuba. The factories shut or went into a production cycle where they had to reduce the number of people rolling on the floor. The women weren't working because they were looking after the kids or the elderly. I mean, the schools were shut. So, but in, at, at the rest of the world, cigars boomed. People were smoking more from home. They were buying more online. The retailer shelves were slowly being uh, decimated. Then the distributors, warehouses were being decimated and Habanos wasn't being resupplied. So Havana's got empty. Now how? Now you've got production at what well, we're estimating, and you probably know better than I do. You've just come back from Havana. You reckon production would be about forty percent of normal? They they can't catch up. There's no catch up here, um, and, and that's why you're still seeing. Yeah, I got a photo last week from you know, Doha, the duty free at Doha, it's still empty. There's duty free stores all over the world that are empty. Now, there are some guys who are doing much better than others. I mean, I can see them. They're trying to feed their Lacasta de Havanos as best they possibly can and and their top retailers as best they possibly can. But outside of that, it's it's dog eat dog. Uh, and I don't know how they're going to catch up. So Bam and Gizmo just came back from Cuba. So did you guys notice like the factories, like lack of employees? No, and, uh, great question. Honestly, empty, we, empty tables. We were expecting to, and Rob, I didn't get to tell you this before we spoke yeah, today, sure. but uh, you know, when we were there, we actually got a really detailed behind-the-scenes tour of La Corona, and we actually sat with the director of La Corona for about two hours uh, and had a cigar with him after the tour. Um, and his claim, and you know... I, who I, knows if this is true? Who knows if this is true? Uh, um, I'm, I'm assuming his piece of it is. You may upset Rob um, by saying this, by the way. Because he's a, he seemed like a really honest, nice guy. I may upset Rob. But he, he <laughs> said that in La Corona right now, they have, th have 350,000 rolled cigars ready to be packaged. They just do not have the packaging. Mm -hmm. um, and he said that they're operating somewhere closer to 80 to 90% of pre-COVID levels. That's great news. He also said, and this is the, this is the number that's harder to believe, is that uh, that there's a million rolled cigars on the island that they just don't have the packaging for. Now, I don't know if that's because Cuba doesn't pay their bills yeah. or they can't get the supply. They of, can't of, get it off the island. They or if, that, get or the if that's out. just not true. Or if it's just not true. Very possible. That could be very, you know, that could be very possible too. But they were, we were walking the floor. There were no, yeah. and we were at uh, La Corona 
And then on a few days later, we actually did the same thing at El Aguido and got a very behind the scenes tour of El Aguido. And I production mean, was brisk. Every rolling, very brisk. Every rolling disc uh, desk was full. There were no empty seats. So that's really good. I don't know if that means anything. But that's really good. It was good to see and it was good to hear. That's a yeah. that's a turnaround in three months, uh, which is which is needed. Um, because you would have seen the photos three months ago of, of Partigas El Aguito with the chairs on the benches um, and and just people not there. They need to – what are they so, – so you're saying they've got a million rolled cigars on the island. That they have no packaging for. They can't get the packaging yeah. for one reason or another. I don't know if – you know, you know, Cuba doesn't have lines of credit, so I'm assuming everything's cash. Um, but they just can't get the packaging to do it. They can't get them out. Yeah, well, we could use those cigars. We could certainly. <laughs> no, what, what did you, what? Oh, that is. So, by the way, that answer. That a, hold on. That answer because we're New York guys. That answer is phenomenal. <laughs> we could so send well, send so well played. Oh no no no! That's so well played. <laughs> we could use. We could use, we those, could cigars. use those cigars. <laughs> we could use those cigars. Yeah. It's, uh, I was going to ask you what were they. Did you see anything interesting being rolled outside of the normal G4s, Monty 2s, that uh, Juan Lopez? Did you see anything interesting being rolled? Anything? A lot yeah, of we, um, the 109s were being yeah. rolled. Yeah, they were doing the 109s. The uh, I guess the regional, I don't know which that's one of the those. Ramon has a 109? Ramon. Yeah. That's the Ramon. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think it's the Ramon. They were doing a lot of those. Uh, uh, the usual stuff. Pyramid um, extras they uh, were doing. Yeah, they were doing a lot of pyramid extras. And uh, what they call the Bahike Saloon at El Aguido, I mean, both of those rooms were full. Um, we were watching them roll, oh, yeah. uh, which was obviously very, very cool. They were rolling all the different kinds of, of Bahike cigars, and yep. um, you know, who knows if they can, if you if we'll see those anytime soon, based on the packaging issues. But maybe they should do what you're doing, Rob, and just bu bundle it in a nudie and no bands, no boxes, and just ship them out. I'd be suing. There you go. Um. <laughs> 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 now that's a New York move. <laughs> no, uh, Rob, I was uh, I was curious uh, about your comment earlier about you know the people in the business and the people who, not necessarily in the business, but smoke cigars. What about smoking cigars? Have you experienced draws a like set of principled people together, or not even principles, just enjoyment? What about this hobby? This passion brings that kind of people together. I think I noticed it first in the early days. Um, I mean, people always picture cigar smokers as being you know, CEOs, executives, surgeons, whatever, uh, entrepreneurs. And, and I found a ton of, I found all those people, isn't it? That they've always smoked cigars. But what I loved about this hobby was the teachers, the the ambas, the ambulance drivers, the the carpenters, the woodworkers, the tradies, but I did notice the union officials. But I did notice they're all passionate about what they did. It it didn't matter what they did. It's just they seemed to be in that top ten percent of what they did, and they did everything with with a passion. They spoke with a passion. You could see it in their eyes. You could see when you sat down over a cigar. That could be working in fields you had no idea about. It. Like you, you, you couldn't have a conversation about, about what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. 
But when you start over a cigar, you, you're talking to a person that is passionate. I don't know about you guys, but I love talking about talking to people who are passionate about anything. Uh, you know, it, it's what life's – is there anything really better than a conversation, like a great conversation that's, that's full of heart and, uh, and full of learning? And, and that's what got me in this – that's what I loved about cigars and, and, the, and the people who smoke cigars. They're some of the most interesting bastards in the world. Look at Kenny Gargett and those guys. I mean, they're just, um, they're completely off the charts. How, how, how many, <laughs> the cigar world is full of eccentrics and passionistas, and they're all in this, this beautiful hobby of ours. And it's such a rich tapestry that you're doing, I think people do themselves a disservice if they don't sort of reach out and, and spend some time in that environment and meet some of these people. Yeah, agreed. And it's, it's cigar smokers are, they're social animals of, of, of sorts. You know, they, uh, most of them um, tend to be social animals. And one of the things that, that Senator and I, and, and that he spoke about so many times is that the cigar is kind of the great equalizer in a room at times you know um and this is something you've always talked about yeah i mean i i think a, a lot of what you're saying rob really resonates with me and i love the passion piece i think when we've talked about it, it this hobby is the only reason that i've been and i think a number of us in this room able to meet folks from so many different walks of life and different experiences different career paths um, that I would never encounter in my normal bubble of, you know, my career and the type of work that I do and, and the area I live and the, the folks that are around me. And so um, when I mentioned the great equalizer, you know, you just sit down in a cigar lounge and it doesn't matter how much you make. It doesn't matter how much that cigar is in your hand. You bought that cigar because you really enjoy it. And the passion that you have for it, you just have kind of this instant bond or connection with everybody sort of in that room. And sadly, I think just the way society's gone, um, it, it's become that much more poignant right now where we live in a society where everybody's just on, on their phones, yeah. online. Yeah. I mean, human interaction is like a dying breed at this point. It's actually vital now more than ever. It is. Yeah. And I think this is one of the last few things that exists that force people to really have that dialogue and conversation and you know get off the internet and oh, do all the nonsense. Also, things. everyone in this, we all met each other here through this hobby. Yeah. We wouldn't know the, each other had it not been for this. The yeah. lizards would never have met. Yeah. yeah, and we would not be sitting here with a, with a, with a guy from Australia right now <laughs> with on the guy. podcast. <laughs> and, and and to be fair, gents, uh, I will for, in my business life, I will never do anything in the future that's that's been more rewarding than FOH, simply because I I get off on saying how many friendships have been made on that forum over the years, how they travel the world to catch up with each other, how they call each other when they're down or they lend a hand when someone's fallen. Um, and it, it, it doesn't matter whether you're in the States or the UK. And they're also there, you know, cigar smoking can also be quite a lonely habit in that if you don't know any cigar smokers, if you cannot get in touch, if you don't have a lounge or you don't have anyone in your immediate social group who shares that hobby, or you may be working on a mine site in Uzbekistan or, or, or 
Marley or, or somewhere such as that, the ability to hop on FOH or other forms, but FOH is the one I'm familiar with, of course, and to feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself and, and to share experiences and to provide support. Uh, it, it's to me, it's I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of our members. I'm really proud of 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 how we've made or how they've made because they're the ones who build it. How they make life better for each other in this hobby. Yeah, that, that, there's a lot of merit in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Very well said. And it, that's it, also it, that's it, also the genesis of why we started this was to really it was you know the idea was give a guy who like you said Rob who maybe is in a remote area or doesn't have access to a lounge like this or a group like that, you know, a group of friends that he can sit around and smoke with. And he's able to sit in his garage and put us on every week. And we always kind of say, there's a chair right here that that person's sitting, yeah. you know, having the conversation with us. Yeah. And it's, it, it's awesome. And, and, and we do this too, just for context. I mean, we, we do this because we, and, and, and it dovetails with this conversation. We do this because just, we like to do the podcast. Yeah. I mean, this isn't something that we're doing, you know to to monetize to a to an extreme level or something we do it because we love to do it we love to have these conversations and we love to meet people and talk talk to people and learn from each other yeah guests on on the show so it's an opportunity to disconnect from your world for an hour and it's also rewarding and and there's immense value in that for me yeah it's that bam it's it's disconnecting from the world but it's also connecting to the world True. In the sense that I think the thing that is always the most fulfilling about this, the amount of listener email, and, and Rob, I'm sure you get tons of you know notes from folks on the forum that have talked about you know the impact that that's had on them. And we get that similarly with the podcast of just people talking about how something they heard us talk about or describe that we love made their weekend trip. It resonates with, with them. their you yeah. know friend or family no, member absolutely. that they went away with. Just stories like that, it, it really makes it worthwhile. No, and to be fair, when when yeah, so when I got the invitation to do this, I it, I didn't even hesitate. What you guys are doing needs to be supporters. It's it's so important to be done. And congratulations for doing it. And I wish you every success. But you know, the industry, and I use the term broadly, I actually hate the term industry, but the hobby needs to support each other and uh, and promote communication and promote quality and quality broadcasting. So congrats. Thanks, Ben. There's, not, there's nothing better when you get that listener email. You know, we I remember this one email we got from a truck driver that he drives long distance and he's alone in his truck most of the time, and he's driving like six hours, eight hours a day, and the pod really is a great way for him to pass time, you know, while he's smoking a cigar and hopefully not drinking, but just smoking a cigar. <laughs> 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 yeah, hopefully he's not doing the spirit pairing as well. <laughs> Let me see what this bourbon tastes like. <laughs> so it's great to hear that. You know, it's we look forward to all the emails that we get and uh, you know, great feedback. So Rob, you mentioned uh, you mentioned quality, and I, I wanted to talk about something that you've kind of been become known for, and uh, you know, everybody loves when they see the stickers on the on the boxes. Oh yes, um, <laughs> uh, on on the on your site on the secondhand sites, the secondhand box will pop up, and there's a a red sticker on it, and okay, this is serious. So 
let's talk about the uh, the FOH grading system you came up with. So what was the genesis of that? Um, obviously, there's there's really three levels of it. The, the um, genesis was it's, pretty uh, simple. Yeah, the genesis was um, as we grew, people want to say, "What's good at the moment, Rob? What's good at the moment?" And as we grew, like you got to put in, you got to put in place systems, so yeah, that work. Uh, and because then that asked Dee or that asked Lisa what was good, uh, what do they recommend? So as I was going through the warehouse, when the warehouse, you know, like we had six months of stuff you could actually go through master case after master case. And, and, and people make way too much of a deal out of this. But effectively, if you are buying- That's us included, by the way. I want to say that's us included. Yeah, if you, if you, no, no, and it's nothing more than if you guys went into, into Partagas in Havana um, or another retail store like Huff and Havana's anywhere, and they, they said, okay, you want a box of Monty twos, and they'll give you how I many? Sixteen. That's twenty-two boxes to a master case of Monty twos, and you can look through each one of those boxes of Monty twos, and you can put them in piles. Love these. This is the quality here is this level. The quality here is this level. The quality here is this level. And I really wouldn't buy these here, right? And that's all we were doing, and we're just grading them based on quality. Now. Does that tell you that it's going to be a spectacular stick? No, but you've got a much bloody higher chance of getting a spectacular stick out of these in a general rule than you do out of the ones over here. And it's not a visual, it's about aroma, it's about construction, it's about this in general. And that's all it was. That's dead set all it was. If you're running into, we did nothing more than, than you would do if you had the opportunity to grade a master case. Which ones would you take home? Um, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> these, <laughs> these days I would. I want them all. <laughs> these days I would. But you know what's funny? We so we we did uh we did an Upman two uh probably twenty something episodes ago, uh, and it was a Lub fourteen box of Upman twos, and uh, obviously that that that's a big Puba thing is Lub fourteen. <laughs> Look at him over there. Uh, he loves that's, that's a classic Puba. That's loving. an absolute classic box <laughs> of Upman two. <laughs> So we had a listener friend of ours uh, out in Denver uh, who found one on Bond Roberts, which we're going to get to in a little bit. Obviously, your uh, major role in that, partner in that. But uh, he showed me the pictures of this box that he had. He was bidding on. And he said, don't bid on it. I want this box. And son of a bitch, I start looking through the pictures, and there's the red sticker on that Love 14 box of Up and Twos. Man, I was so depressed that I... Couldn't get him. Couldn't get my hands <laughs> on that box. Because uh, I'm a loyal friend, as we discussed. You are. I'm a loyal friend. I said I wouldn't bid. I didn't bid. But yeah, I was. Uh, I saw that red sticker, man. And I was like, oh, I wish those, I had it. Those are the 14 yeah. LUB yeah. 14 are. Legendary. Absolutely fantastic cigars. Yeah. Uh, thank God I have a box and a half. <laughs> so so just for the listener so we're talking about uh rob's uh, grading system uh so you have three grades on there so there's psp which is the highest grade you have hq and then you have clearance which is kind of what just normal stock everyday stock right now clearance is is no there's also one other grading called rejected which which we <laughs> which we sent just, back no, we'll use those um, as seconds. We use them in the store. Uh, we'll discount them out. We'll do different things such as that. But we let people know in, in terms of it. This is a price. But there's nothing wrong with clearance. Clearance is great. Clearance is 
is just stock that these days clearance can be everything because we just don't have enough stock to actually go through and grade most of the time. Um, but clearance is clearance is what I smoke every day. Uh, I most of the stuff I buy is is clearance yeah. stuff, but. Obviously now I know there's you know you're not getting enough to grade. Right. Let's say you know pre-COVID, pre-COVID days or pre-supply issue days. What percentage of a of a master crate or a, what percentage of cigars was getting a PSP grade? You know what? It, it, if you could pull three or four boxes of PSP out of a master case, you'd be going really well. As a 22 box master case, a 24 say for um, say for a pyramid, you'd be going really really well. If there were times though, those uh, those 14 Upman 2s, LUB, I mean, you could get you could get 12, 14 PSPs out of that. Um, they were just divine. You know, the TB, Ford Lighting Younger Petit Coronas from, I think, 07, if I remember correctly. Again, just what a great run. You have great runs of stock that you get plenty out. I love that cigar. Yeah. Yeah. But there are... Then you then you go through through others, yeah, and you you, you may not see a pair in any in any master case. It just doesn't cut it. Um, less these days, quality has improved. Yeah, quality has improved. Yeah, I was going to say that. I you know going you know exactly that. I I think the run of cigars from say maybe mid to late eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one. I mean, widely delicious said to be some of the best stuff coming out of Cuba in a very long time. Do you remember a period as strong as this of, of product coming out? No. I know there's not a lot, but uh, uh, what is coming out? The, well, even, even 19, which is probably the last full year of, of, a, of a, good, a good range of products. You, I've told many, many of our members this, that you could pretty much order from anywhere in the world and be, you're going to get a decent box yeah? in, in 2019, 2020, 21. The requirement for grading has diminished as the improvement in quality has increased. Now, of course, now that Habanos has gone psycho on pricing, uh, you know, if you're going to spend if you're going to spend six or seven hundred dollars on a on a box of Monte Cristo twos, then you know you probably want someone to run their eye over it and, and make sure that you bring home something that's 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 at the top top end. Of the pyramid, excuse the pun, but yeah, it yeah go. Oh, I was just going to ask. Can we talk a little bit more about the years? And I I asked this question because going to go there too. I feel like this is a big source of debate. Just we know where you're going, lizards in the room. <laughs> I know where you're going. Um, and and I say that because right, there's one school of thought that you know aged cigars are always the best cigars. That no matter what stick we're talking about, the more aged, the better it gets. There's another school of thought that's. Um, sometimes age actually doesn't necessarily do as many favors for certain cigars. And sometimes a younger, you know, cigar with just a few years of age may actually smoke better than that same stick with more age on it. We have this debate amongst ourselves all the time. I'm looking at Rooster in the room. The connoisseur corner. <laughs> uh, at Rooster as a, a connoisseur with uh, some heavily, heavily aged uh, inventory at his humidor. <laughs> but I asked this, I'm just curious, maybe if we just bite off the last 10 years um, it kind of what your perspective is on, um, you know, how much age is really needed for some of the brands that we smoke a lot of, like Partagas, Upman, Monty. Um, and then over the last 10 years, you know, what years have really stood out to you as as kind of overperforming, let's say, and years that maybe have underperformed that 
uh, maybe you don't pursue uh, as as aggressively? I'm just curious. That's such a hard question. I, until well, pre-COVID, you know, I was looking at, I'd be inspecting 200,000 cigars a year, yeah, of, of, of everything. I, I want that job. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Are you hiring, uh, Rob? It was, <laughs> not right now. But you get you get uh, yeah. <laughs> you get a little bit disillusioned, and in, in, in when you have a bad run of cigars, I don't think it has much to. It, I don't think it has that much to do with years. I, and, and it really is about consistency in 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 runs. Um, you've got some great box codes which bring out some superb cigars in a period of time, but you go back in six months later and that same box code is producing rubbish in that cigar, right? So, and, and people don't talk about that. They, they, they always remember the, the, the 14s, yeah, the Upman 14s, LUBs, but, you know, that, and they're, they're great. But... You know, you go you go to the next year in 15s, they weren't as good. And they're still coming out of Upman. I I don't think there is such a thing as a, a great, great year. I think they're, they're the the inc or the consistency of Habanos production isn't there. It comes down to the factory. It comes down to the factory manager. It comes back to the culture that he puts into that factory while he's there or she's there, and and what they're producing. We saw the we saw the t the turnaround in Trinidad in 2018, two th late 2017, 18. Um, they're made in Pinal de Rio, predominantly, and they went through a couple of years of absolute crap. The, the Reyes, the Coloniales, even the Fundis that were coming out of there were rubbish. And we called it because I see them. I used to see them every week. It was just rubbish. That was prior prior to 2018? Yeah. I mean, just for a couple of years, three, three right? four years prior. And we were calling them. I mean, how do you have mm. a premium cigar that, how do you come out with these paperback, flaky, thin, tracked, almost green wrappers on them and call them a premium? And then all of a sudden, bang, it changed. It changed almost overnight. And Trinidad production for the last couple of years, since 2018, has been superb. Generally, it's been excellent compared to what they were for the previous three years. It's, it's a, so what changed? Uh, the culture changed. Someone paid attention to it. Changes like that don't occur without a focus and a vision. Uh, and I've seen that. I mean, when... If I remember correctly, you know, the manager, the manager at Upman ran that 2014. I knew quite well. Uh, passionate, absolutely passionate. He was in there. He had everyone, everyone, talking off the same, reading off the same page. You should say, brilliant. And and what was coming out was superb. Romeo and Julieta went into a hole in 2000 and what? Four, five, six, seven, eight. Still haven't come out. Yeah, geez, <laughs> yeah they're, they're still in that hole. I think they're still in the hole. <laughs> they had, 
they had they had a really nice run. R and J Churchills in sixteen seventeen had a, a nice run of of um, of R and J exhibition fours. I think they were POUs uh, in two thousand and fourteen. Were just stunning cigars. Still some of the best R and J exhibition fours ever produced. And that went for eighteen months. That run. Who was who was in charge of that? We'll, we'll never know. We will never know. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're so you're saying it's about the runs. It's about Who's managing the factory at that time? It, it's, it's, it's more, yeah, and it's far more micro. It's, it's more, more micro. about the runs. It's more micro than people, than yeah. people make it out for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, people, people pull about years and, 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 and this, it's, it really is micro uh, in terms of what's going on internally in that factory. Who's putting, because it, it's, it's all about attention to detail. It's all about saying, no, that's not acceptable. That standard's not acceptable. That no, we're not going to accept that that leaf or those bales into this blend. You know, someone it's it's about someone saying no and someone getting away from quota and looking at quality and looking at consistency. And 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 unfortunately, pretty much every one of those cigars that had those great runs, it never it might last 18 months, but it just doesn't continue. I just haven't seen it continue. Um, there's just too much turnover. It sounds like there's turnover where you don't have the consistent politics, management. The turnover. Yeah. And, and the internal politics of a factory are phenomenal. You know, it, it makes the bold and the beautiful look like you know, amateur hour. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, you, don't, you, you have to bring everyone along with you. And, you know, when they were being paid 20 a month and you have to incentivize them and you need a charisma and you need systems uh, internally because, you know, if you've got 40, 40 rollers in a room, six of them are really, you know, in a normal situation, six will have their head down going gangbusters and, and 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 be passionate and and half of them couldn't really care really couldn't really care uh, it's about you know i mean at least a third of them their boyfriend broke up with them the last two weeks the problem <laughs> yeah it, it's a it's a real mix yeah um yeah you know, it, it was just to me it was always dispiriting when you used to go to Leguito or any of the factories, you know, in the in the early two thousands or late nineties, and and find half the workforce trying to sell you cigars in the in the bathrooms or selling them from the tables um, and doing that, and that's how desperate people are. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's it's probably happening right now, isn't it? Still. Rob, I, I want I didn't it, want to say anything, it, but it's it, still it, happening. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is, and it has to because you. You know, and, and this goes, this goes, this goes all the way through to. I think you had you had Dan on a couple of weeks ago in terms of the fakes that 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 are, that are going now, and it's almost impossible to stop any of this. The inconsistency, the fakes, etc. While you've got people who can't get by on their wage. Yeah. Plus the inflation that's, and everything else yeah. is terrible. And that's it's Cuba. Right. Right. That's really is Like Cuba. they kept saying Cuba. while we were down there, Rob, it's Cuba. It's complicated. <laughs> it's complicado. Yeah. So, boys, we're coming into the second third here of the Lusitania. 
Speaking of a good run, these cabinets have been fantastic. This is a great cigar. It's very, very good. I would cons- I would say it's medium. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's my only. It's my second Lucy of all time. Really? That I've ever That's had. It? This yeah. is my first Lucy of so, all time. So Rob, they <laughs> they keep cigars from me. Right. Oh boy! They don't here let we, here we go. go, Rob. They don't let me smoke go. the good stuff. Here yeah. we go. Here's what <laughs> I'll do, Rob. I'll go. Hey guys, you guys should join FOH and and get on twenty four twenty four. And here's what time twenty four twenty four comes up. So and 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 and, and you know what? He'll go. Bam Bam. No, I did go. that once. With Bam you. Bam will go. You know what? Can you just get me a box? No. To, to, be, to yeah. be fair, yeah. 24 yeah. by 24 Bam. is a little complicated. It's very complicated. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a bit, could you make it a little easier? It's complicated. It's a little it's, complicated. It's, muy complicado. Muy complicado. Muy complicado. Rob, how's your Lucy? It's it's good. It's got some construction issues, yeah? And so in terms of the, the wrappers splitting... Um, the weather's fine today, so I have no idea why. I mean, if it was Ken, if I gave this to Ken, I'd never hear the end of it for a review. <laughs> so Ken, Ken, by the way, for for listeners, Ken. Uh, so Rob and uh, and Ken Gargett do uh, FOH reviews. You can find them on YouTube. I think you put them up uh, weekly, right? It's a weekly thing, or every other week. We try, yeah. We we yeah. try, we try to put them up. Weekly. And they're like, yeah. you know, they they're they're like ten to twelve minutes, and they kind of hit each third of the cigar and. The first five minutes, they just yell at each other, which oh, yeah. is very entertaining. I'm a, ve- I'm actually a fan of the, <laughs> I'm a fan of it, I, and and he he doesn't wear shoes. He does not like to wear. Yeah, what's shoes with the often. feet, Rob? He loves his feet. His feet are all in the shot. I don't like that. Sometimes <laughs> I don't like. That. I I I mentioned I mentioned that um, the cigar world is full of eccentrics. Yeah, <laughs> you, have, you have one of the great eccentrics there. Always remember Simon Chase, the great Simon Chase, pulled me aside at the National Hotel once um, in Havana, and uh, he says, "Come have a cigar." And, and uh, you know, when you meet one of your heroes, uh, Simon, and it, it was great. I hadn't spoke to him a couple of times before. He said, first time we actually got together, and he, and he looked at me and he said, "Don't stop doing what you do," um, because yeah, you know, and, and what he meant by that was. Okay, smoke cigars in bare feet. Have a laugh. Um, tell Havanos they're up themselves. Um, do all of that. Yeah, and, and call it and call it like it is, because the cigar world needs a little bit more of that. It did at the time. I think there's plenty of it now. But uh, yeah, I was interested. I was interested, guys. You said it's it's a medium bodied few. Is there really a Cuban cigar today that is full bodied? Oh, that's a good question. There's Maybe a some few. of the Maduros. The Maduro number one. Yeah, the Partagas Maduro Maduro Maybe one. touch on that. Yep. Very few. What about? I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it's like full, full, but like maybe medium the full Partagas is like a, eight nine eight. Eight nine eight. Oh like yeah, a, the eight yeah, nine eight is full. Medium full. I'd like to try some. If you ever saw a twenty-two box, I haven't seen a twenty-two box yet. I know they have been sold. There's not too many of them around. But even the Mag 46, which is always found relatively full-bodied, I find them coming back towards that medium level. So it, I'm intrigued true. to see I agree. where it's we're true. heading. I agree with that. Where we're heading. The flavor profile of it is a full flavor, but medium-bodied. What, a, what about what about the Monte right. Cristo? What about the the uh, what about the linear? Oh well, yeah. Those had some. They're rich. I tried to remember yeah. back if they're they ri- really were they? Yeah, but they're rich. That's a good. They were rich. They were full-bodied, but they weren't strength like no. an eight nine eight. I think a medium, medium full. full at most. Yeah. yeah. 
Nothing, not like a Nicaraguan fall. We call them full. Um, we call them rich. We call them full flavored. Full yeah, body, yeah. yeah. Rich, full body, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. What about BBF? Definitely I don't not. find no. that cigar no. as strong as everyone says it is. No, it's no. not strong. It's flavorful, but it's not strong. It's a medium cigar. The yeah. Petit Corona is a whopper. Yeah, that can get. Oh, so I bought a beautiful yeah. box with Gizmo's help on FOH of 2016 Bolivar Petit Coronas. Outstanding. Outstanding. That's strong. That's a strong. That's maybe one of the. All right. So no, the, I want no. Rob's opinion. Is the Boulevard Petit Corona? <laughs> it's a good cigar. One of the stronger Cuban cigars, nicotine wise, strength wise. Yeah, one of my favorite cigars, and, and certainly. It's, now it's we're talking. So we're coming yeah, to the segment now delicious. where Rob is going to settle all of our arguments. Yes. No, no, he's <laughs> settling this argument because, <laughs> okay, because I think the Boulevard Petit Corona packs a wallop. I, I think agree. so too. The, the only thing I find though is with age, that punch that it packs it young out. really mellows out and is more my speed. Yeah. But young, it can it can kick you around <laughs> at the the last third of that cigar. It does. Uh, Bolivar Corona Junior is another. Yeah, at uh, young, it can really knock you around. And look, and with you, in regards to the Bolivar Bellicosa Finos, which is one of my favorite cigars, I smoke a lot of them. I also find they've gone from medium full to back to almost medium, just over medium body, but. I question myself on that because maybe you know as you as you get older, you lose taste buds. Your taste changes too. Yeah, your, your taste changes. So is that is it a physiological thing or is it a, 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 a different tobaccos? It wouldn't be a blend change because they don't like doing blend changes. But different tobaccos, different treatment of those tobaccos. I'm not quite sure, but I'm finding BBF to be nowhere near as strong as what they were back. You know, in in the late two thousands, in the nineteen ninety in the nineteen nineties, they were no absolute. So, Rob, what are your top five punch. top five cigars right now? To smoke uh, on a yeah, regular like rotation, your daily, yeah, yeah, like your weekly rotation. Uh, uh, da- weekly rotation. I I love BBF. I, I'm old school, yeah. BBF Juan Lopez selection number two. Punch Punch. I think the Punch Punch are exceptional. Oh, right. oh. love the Punch. That's controversial in this that room, is, Rob. Uh, yeah. Very controversial. Puba, pipe down. Punch. Pipe down. Okay, Puba. I want to hear his list. <laughs> <laughs> they, they went through a long period, I'd say a decade, of being so-so to pretty ordinary, which I wouldn't I wouldn't buy a box. But, so, but two, 218, 219 forward on the Punch Punch, geez, they're hard to beat. I love those cigars. Uh, I love those cigars. But again, it's been a run. It's been a run, um, and, and, and uh, um, that run doesn't seem to have stopped, uh, although there's not too many around at the moment. So, yeah, uh, a Bolivar Petit Corona, Punch Punch, Juan Lopez Selection Number 2, BBF. Uh, D4s have been superb. Yeah, D4s oh, yeah. have been excellent They've been amazing. At, at, at the same time. Yeah, consistent. Yeah, you, want, yeah. you want a consistently good cigar. Uh, we, we've talked about in Nauseam how that is one of the most consistent Cuban cigars made. Yeah. The and it's and it's tasting really good it fresh. Is, like yeah. the tw- even the twenty one box, you know, it's phenomenal. Yeah, they're great. So, Rob, uh, one of our favorite topics, I'm sure it's one of yours as well, because you're in it every day, are the fine people at Habanos and uh, their decision making process and uh, how they Pro- <laughs> come to process is being very generous. Yeah, I'm being very generous with that word, but I mean. They did this crazy price increase given the circumstances. There's another one coming in January. We just saw, you know, on a, a lot, most of the lines except uh, what Trinidad and Cohiba, another increase coming. 
Um, I saw like, for example, RAS, which I know be in this room, I, we've gotten eight or 10 of those cabinets from you this year and they are gone. Uh, and those are going up like 14 or 15% apparently. Um, what is going on over, over at Habanos, Rob? Give us the, give us the inside scoop. The, the, there is no inside scoop because distributors are scratching their heads. Um, retailers are pulling their hair out. Uh, all over the world. And I feel sorry for those who've got serious bricks and mortar enterprises uh, and heavy investments because it's very hard for them to, to pivot. Uh, however, I can, only, I can only guess that they've, they've sat down and done the numbers and worked out that they won't be able to get back to serious, like full production in terms of, they won't get back to full production for a number of years for one reason or another. And and until they start seeing stock STEMI piling up on shelves around the world, maybe that's when they'll work out they've got the balance right or they believe they've got the balance right. Is it is it greed or is it need? And uh, I suspect it's, it's somewhere between the two. They've got to perform with the joint venture. They need, they need the cash. But at the same time, what what are they producing? Forty percent of their portfolio, forty five percent of their portfolio. They've got to produce their portfolio. Uh, you know, it, and and the problem with one of the issues with Havanos is that there is no transparency whatsoever. They don't tell anyone anything. They don't tell the distributors anything. Um, it's it's just they make these grand announcements. They launch these beautiful new cigars. And no one sees them for two years. Or they do a little batch that comes out and then no one sees them for two years. Or maybe ever again. In fact, there are some cigars that have never been released that they've announced. Uh, so, you know, you, you, in the end, if you're in the, in, in the business, you've worked out that you're dealing with a dysfunctional operator that's got inherent issues. And if you're waiting for the next order to come through as a Habanos retailer, without doing anything else, then you're in serious trouble. You, you need to have pivoted, and look, you can see it now. You've got the Council of Advances trying to sell non-Cubans and get, and get uh, non-Cuban, not distributed ships are trying to get some non-Cubans in. You've got Cuban, Habanos distributors, Dortmund was the best one, you know, Dortmund. You've got Habanos distributors chasing down NC, non-Cuban suppliers for distributed ships left, right, and center. Uh, of course, it, it doesn't help too much for them because a lot of those major non-Cuban brands and smaller ones haven't got the excess capacity to supply Europe or Asia to meet that Havana shortfall, and they won't have it for years to come. Uh, you know, the US is still booming as a cigar market. It's going exceptionally well. So you're saying, uh, the, the, are, so are you are, are you saying that it's so are you saying that the the overall European market is just short, generally speaking? Short. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen. If you look at if you look at uh, the Spanish market, take the Spanish market. You'll find in most of the stores there at the moment, you'll find some Monte. Fours, you'll find uh, Vega Fina, which is distributed by Tabacalera there. You'll find Jose Piedras, and you won't find, you'll find bugger all else. Except 
last month, every store had Arturo Fuente. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. That's interesting. Right? It's very that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. now is Asia, is it not short, but fat with demand, therefore fat? Yeah. Everyone's fat with demand. Asia's exceptionally short of cigars. Um, no different to Europe. Uh, you know, no one's got enough. Uh, no one's got, you're selling the same stuff every week, every other week. If you get a specialty order comes through, even if you're a London High Street, yeah? So if you're a London High Street retailer and they launch this brand new cigar, it's come out, your allocation will be three to four boxes. Right? There's just no depth to the volume. Um, and that's why you're saving for a million cigars ready to go. That's all fine and dandy. But if they're Monty 2s, D4s, and there, well, then it's they've been in regular supply now for, for the last two years. Well, that, mind you, some, some major net retailers who are mates of mine, uh, they're out of Monty 2s and, and D4s for a significant period of time. So yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, Sauter having a, when they get in a, a limitada and they're not having a big party and having, and getting limitadas and having a release party at a, at, at, you know, at a, in a retail no, setting you in can't. London. Yeah, because it takes like away from it. the launch. If you, have to, if you have to cut them in half to spread them around. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> nothing to do. Yeah, you've got nothing to, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the new EL half Corona. The, the new EL half Corona. Like, this is great. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, it is the... It's a disaster. Yeah, it is. It is the is the it is the greatest smoke and mirrors trick in terms of quantity. I love these releases. Yeah, it, it is. It is one of the great tricks. I mean, not since Jesus and the Lows and Fishes has has this gone on. Yeah. Well, um, you know, the the, the, the best the, yeah. the, well, the best is when they say they're going to do an EL and they're going to we're only making thirteen thousand boxes and then all of a sudden twenty six thousand flow onto the market. Yeah, you know. well, you know, we love those days. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we're, we're, you know, we love that. Uh, but I love, you know, where they, they did, the, what was it, the Trinidad uh, Robusto Extra Travel Humor, which is a beautiful travel humor, and they're going to do 10,000 of those. Well, if they did, if they did 1,500, I'd be surprised. And that's now, that long ago, everyone's now forgotten about it, so they just move on. Uh, this classic, the, the, the limited edition Romeo and Julieta, yeah, number two, I mean, really. I mean, I think Europe had them for about six weeks, and that was they were gone. They were finished. And they were there's no there's no depth in terms of supply in specialties, uh, if you see them at all. So you talked about needing to have other enterprises, and obviously you're an entrepreneur, Rob. Bond Roberts was a uh, a pretty revolutionary uh, idea. Uh, as far as being an auction house, and I know you, you know you and I spoke about this. There's plenty of other auction houses, but really one that was accessible by anyone in the world, and you can buy and sell, you know, Cuban cigars uh, from from anyone in any market. It for me, I know Rooster certainly bought a lot on there um, over the years, and so have I. But that really transformed uh, being able to transact safely in you know, a uh, secondhand aged product. So how did that come? How did that come together for you guys? Rob Fox and I have always wanted to do business together because we like each other. We're great. Mates. And we want an avenue. We can, we can do some business together. And, and it was just nice 
for both of us to do something outside, or for me specifically, to do something outside of her battles. Uh, imagine having a business in Cuban cigars where you actually don't have to invite her battles to the party, uh, which was really nice for us. So we, we've both got great client bases. We, it took us two years to put it together. Uh, we had to put the team together. Andy Ryan, obviously, my son Ben's involved in it as well. Uh, and now we've got two other staff who've come in. Just getting the systems in place. And I, I, love, I love the fact that you know, we launched, of course, we're just about to launch Bond Roberts and then COVID hit. And we said, oh, Jesus. So we launched in April 2020, which is the, at the beginning of the, the, the big COVID shutdowns. So and we thought no one's going to, no one's going to be able to ship cigars or no one's going to want to buy cigars. We didn't know there was the biggest boom in cigars <laughs> since Cigar Aficionado magazine came out. And, and so Bond Roberts went quite ballistic quite quickly. Uh, and I think we've just sold our 10,000th box on Bond Roberts um, this month. So 10,000, just, and just over two years. So 10,000 boxes have been sold on, on BR. And it's been remarkably clean in terms of, I, I expected we'd have a lot more issues in terms of our dispute resolution mechanisms, et cetera. But in 10,000 boxes, we would have had about 50, 55 disputes in that period of time. And condition, condition that's arrived or, and disputes can be for various things. Again, we talked about that cigar community. I mean, sellers have to be vetted, sellers have to be approved. And most sellers are, are good, decent people who go above and beyond in terms of the way they declare, the packaging they put together, how they ship a box, et cetera. So it's worked quite well. So how do you guys deal with, I know we, you know, we, we talked ad nauseum a few weeks ago with Dan about those fake boxes coming up, but how do you guys deal with people trying to list fake stuff on Bond Roberts? Obviously some of the stuff is so obviously fake that, that you guys, but, but the, let's talk the more sophisticated um, fakes. I mean, how do you guys deal with that? And, and yeah, what's we, your process? We, um, processes, every, every box gets vetted before it gets put up. As, as best you can vet them. Uh, and we've been caught out. When I say been caught out, we've discovered, I think we've had two or three boxes of fakes in that 10,000 um, that have gone through the process, and which is, you know, something's going to slip through, yeah, uh, eventually. One was uh, a, a box of Phoenicia releases. The bands didn't look quite right when the buyer got them. And we went straight to Phoenicia. We went straight to Phoenicia. They clarified it for us. Um, the seller didn't know. And this is a classic. The seller actually bought those in good faith uh, from a private US collector. He's in the year. It He didn't know. Um, and, and, and the irregularity, you wouldn't have picked it up unless you you really were into that cigar, unless you were distributed. So we reversed that transaction. There's a, the, recent, the recent box of, uh, of Coros um, that had the same issue that, that Dan purported or that Dan's, Dan has, um, has been uh, discussing and been investigating with Greg. In terms of that, we bought that box 
and we've taken it back to Europe. It's been magnified, it's been photographed, it's been analysed, and it's currently in Cuba being assessed. So we have, because we also want to know um, what's going on. We want to, we want some definitive answers in terms of of that issue. And that issue has changed our policies, which comes out in January in terms of when listing boxes from 21 on or 2021 on, that you're going to have to you're going to require black lights um, uh, photographs in, in terms of that. And guys, I can tell you, in six months' time or 12 months' time, there'll be another issue that'll come through as the fakers get better at it, and we're just going to try to stay ahead of it and and do the best we possibly can um but in terms of in terms of authenticity on br well you guys spent some time with andy ryan and um we haven't met ben but both of them are in terms of the, in terms of being some of the best guys in the world to to identify these issues we have them and we do reject a lot of boxes not because they definitively fake but they just don't meet the criteria there's not enough there's a, there's enough questions being raised and cuba being cuba doesn't cut it yeah doesn't cut it uh, on that so when when it when a dispute is raised um it goes through our dispute resolution room it gets raised and it goes to the following uh, the evidence comes through in photographs from both so photograph and evidence from both from both parties if they can't sort it out themselves, it goes to our board meeting. We have a board meeting every Tuesday and it gets raised and discussed at the board meeting and we look at it and we, we go through the evidence there and we make a determination on it. Uh, not every buyer is correct, by the way. Um, and it, we communicate them, communicate with them in terms of, yeah, we, we believe this transaction should be reversed or we think that your expectations are slightly uh, uh, yeah, uh, slightly overblown for the following reasons. We go bang, 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 bang. And not every seller, you know, to your point before, not every seller is, uh, has bad intentions if yeah. a very, very, very good counterfeit box happened to slip by him. Yeah, these, these are good people. So we, we actually haven't come across a seller on the platform who's gone out intentionally to sell fake cigars um they've been weeded out at the at the at the seller at the seller period yeah where are you buying your cigars from who's your industry contacts what are you doing here your first boxes are really heavily supervised how do you handle those transactions what's your correspondence like uh did it get delivered on time all that all that gets assessed all that gets assessed yeah and of course once you've got 20 30 40 transactions up or 30 there's probably less scrutiny on you because you've you've proven you've proven yourself there now the guys who have been caught out and uh two of the three i know very very well are really good people who just themselves got caught in that process now yeah. does the buyer have to suffer that no of course not um we we look at the situation we address the issue we change our policies we make we make sure the buyer or the seller understands what's going on in both cases, the seller has gone back to his original buyer or his original seller and got his money back. Yeah, and gotten uh, to the root cause. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, we all learned something. 
all parties learn something and and we put we change our policy so it doesn't occur again or we minimize the chances that it occurs again so in addition to br you guys have also uh launched foh has launched a few years ago launched the nudies which was a non-cuban blend that you put together with hamlet right hamlet i've known hamlet since he was 23 years of age yeah um and we've always been very close mates uh i wanted to i I mean i knew very little about non-cuban tobacco and non-cuban cigars and hamlet went to the united states worked for rocky rocky's been great for hamlet um we had our first nerdy cigar blended by hamlet but through the through the rocky operation nicaragua and i loved it yeah and the second one's better than the first and we're just going but that's our nudies so nudies is very simple nudies is no box no bands no bullshit just cigars that hamlet and i enjoy in sizes that are difficult to obtain at a, at a, at a decent price point you can smoke them every day before you guys were turning up i was doing a carlotta yeah so i love that process i love that process of blending i love that process of discovering and we love thin gauge cigar because you can't get a thin gauge cigar on a regular basis outside of a poor loving monte carlo out of cuba at the moment um so we wanted carlottas we wanted um lanceros and we wanted them at a, at a, at a price point that you could smoke them every day and we achieved that so that's so our next cigar but we couldn't for goodness sake we couldn't do we just couldn't get a 50 plus ring gauge to work um it, it, with a non-Cuban blend, we couldn't. I know other other manufacturers have been able to, but we couldn't uh, until recently. And we've just about. I'm actually flying out um, two weeks' time to sign off it. Actually, Foxy's flying out as well to to sign off with some new blends for 2023. And we've actually got a Cananazo, uh, which is sweet and it's glorious, um, and there's no pepper bite to it. And that's taken four years to get to that point to be able to blend that cigar. That makes a Cuban cigar lover want that cigar. But I want to bring a Cananazo cigar that's a 92, 93 point cigar every goddamn time. And I want to do it under 12 bucks a cigar. Yeah. And that's what we'll be doing. Because that's what, you know, we, we started before about talking about how I, uh, well, I started before uh, about how I love the fact that teachers and taxi drivers and, and guys like that my favorite clients whenever the clients used to come in and buy a box of Poro every week or a box of romeo and julieta churchill's every week there's plenty of those guys my favorite clients was the teacher or the taxi driver who used to come in and buy two monte fours and one cohiba robusto and that was going to be a great week yeah it's awesome they, that, that's what a cigar smoker is that is someone who loves smoking cigars that's someone who doesn't care about pretense he just loves that's his time he's earned that right and 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 both Habby and i would love to produce a, a line of cigars when i and when i blend these I, I i still have marty and those guys in the back of my head i want to blend great cigars at a cheap price point or cheap or inexpensive price point that people can smoke them on a regular basis that are as best that we can make that's what nerdies is and, and are you looking to are are you going to distribute those and retail those on Bon Roberts on FOH? No, that's just, just that's locally. just FOH. Uh, that's that that's just FOH. That's 
that's um, that's Hammy's and, and my um, little little enterprise that, that that we love because there may be cigars there that we we don't want to blend and a cigar that meets the market's needs or meets the market's requirements. We don't want to blend to a whiteboard. And a lot of blending is to a whiteboard, by the way. So we, the draw has got to be like this. We, it's got to be kind of a bit more tight. The, we, 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 it's got to have this amount of paper, this amount of sweetness. It's got to be this sort of body. No, if we both love it, that's what we're putting out there. And if you don't like it, buy it. If you don't like it, don't worry about it. And, and, and that's the way we'd like to do our nudies program. Nudie's programming only needs to satisfy two people, and that's myself. And go to, go, go with your gut. Go with your gut. Go with your gut. And I, I love your. I love can, the sizes you're making too. I love the sizes you're making. That I love the sizes. To have a Lancero, you know, under what, under fifteen, under twelve bucks. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's great because they're just so infrequent. We talk about that all the time on the podcast. Lonsdale's, Lanceros, those thinner we love Lonsdales. Cigars. We love those cigars. We love Lonsdale's. Yeah, I love Lonsdale's. And, and to be fair, I, th- there are certain times that they, we started with Lonsdale's and, and, a, and a Carlotta or 38 gauges and 36s because if you can make that work, well, if you can make that work in an NC, in, in a Dominican or a Honduran or a Nicaraguan, you're doing pretty well. Now, mind you, there's been a lot of really good ones since the last three or four years that will come out. Uh, it's not as difficult as it used to be because people... It, it, somehow the penny dropped. You don't have to put Lee heroin in them. Yeah, um, you can just use very good viso and 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 get some really good cigars out of them. Now, now getting to okay, that's all fine, but you can't play you you can't play with a with, with a seven iron the entire round of golf either. So we want to make a Caranazo, and I tell you what, this is as this is as close to a Connie B Sigley Six that I reckon I've had anywhere in a non-Cuban world. So, and that's what we're trying to bring to market. We would love to and try that cigar. Yeah, um, I'd love to send some, yeah, through, love. some through to you guys. Yeah, um, but so this is so good that we've we've we're so excited about this blend that both Rob Box and I have dropped all tools and are flying in in two weeks' time. Wow, that's yeah. how excited we're about this blend. Wow, that's a big product. deal. We we we're going to do it till next week. Yeah, guys, let, let's organize some for you. We'd love to do it. Awesome. Um, so that's what that's what you, you, you notice what's happening. Bam Bam is pointing to me. Book it to figure out how to get these cigars. Book Just it going guess. back to our earlier point. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 they're, all, they're all out of Miami, so it's easy. Uh, perfect, so perfect, perfect, the, perfect. Yeah, so easy. I so another another thing on Hamlet, just really quick. I you know so it's pretty well known in the industry now. A lot of rumors were happening, but it's kind of out there now that Hamlet uh, that he is now uh, I guess working with you. Uh, and and the foxes uh, exclusively, or I guess as a consultant, correct? And there's yeah, no, even, we yeah, there's even more to come. Yeah, so we we asked we asked Hamlet to assist us with um, the the launch of the Bond Roberts line of cigars, which will be coming out next year, and and we, we're working with, and it'll be announced next year. We're working with one of the great one of the great growers uh, in the world. Um, uh, we're working with some superb tobacco. And again, we, we want to be in a position to produce a cigar and then a line of cigars that that meets the needs, that really 
that really resonates with with Cuban cigar lovers and non-Cuban cigar lovers. Uh, rich, deep, minimal pepper, um, sweet, um, just gorgeous. And that's what we that's what we're trying to do. And I think we've nailed it. And so BR will come out, and that will be that'll be again that's a different line of cigars, and that'll be distributed uh, in Europe. Um, they'll be distributed throughout Asia, then and Ravi is going to be be one of our major distribution points. Uh, that's COH. Cigar, cigar, cigar so it's COH, yeah. So, so uh, if if you guys didn't know, Ravs and I are very close mates. We we go back a long a long way. I mean, for two guys who commit, com- we both started in nineteen ninety six. Yeah. So we've competed. We've competed together all these years. Um, we 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 really. I think we really respect each other. We certainly enjoy hanging out together. We've shared enough hangovers together uh, and long lunches. Um, but he's he's one of the really decent people that, that I know. So he'll be doing our our BR international distribution as well. So that's a, and, and of course, I mean, we, we talked about broken clocks, yeah, and, and had before. We had all this plan before the Havana's block. We had all this planned before all this went through. Bond Roberts was planned before Havana sort of started falling apart in terms of production, et cetera. Uh, and, and it's just an excellent time for us to do it. And from a retailer's perspective, I never want to be in the position to have to rely on Havanos ever again. Um, and we've earned the right. We've, we've got the, we certainly have the, the distribution methods. We, we, we certainly have the knowledge and the experience and the right people in place to position ourselves where we don't need to be. Mind you, I'll always sell. I'll always sell. I'll always sell Habanos. Don't get me wrong. I love Cuban cigars. <laughs> That's what we Cuban always say tobacco. too. We'll we'll shit all over Habanos and then we'll say we love Habanos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's love, order some yeah. more cigars. What is your favorite non-Cuban cigar? The video. The video just paused. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say I, I've had because you know, I was in I was in Miami for two weeks in in May this year, and I, all I smoked was non-Cuban cigars, and, and there were so many really really good ones um, but it's still my, my favorite my favorite non-cuban cigar and that sounds silly is is still the padron is it 1964 principi <laughs> wow yeah. um, a man after uh, our own uh, heart yes, yes that's the wait that that's a um, and, you know and you you know small, you talk about guy. you talk yeah, about rich one. you talk about rich yeah you talk about rich cigars yeah and, and i i love the fact that it is so rich and it's, it, I know it's it's relatively one dimensional, but the dimension is so brilliant. And you put it in a little format. What more could you want out of a cigar than that? Yep. Now you put that you put that you put that in a, a Toro format, and a you wouldn't be able to maintain the intensity. Or if you tried, you'd end up with a cigar that's a one trick pony, but 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 way too big. The way they've just blended that Principi. And it delivers every time. It is one of the, it's, it's one of the great. Was it Perla half Corona in the world? Um, and I just think that's just a master, a masterpiece of blending for that. Well, it, that's it's music to our it's music to our ears in this room because we agree. Yeah, we're huge Padron yeah. guys here. Yeah, huge Padron guys. 
Yeah. And we smoke we smoke a lot of uh, 64 line, the Exclusivo, the Diplomaticos, the Churchill. The one that we're on right now that the, you should try. The Menarca. The Menarca is yeah. stunning. Yeah. What is that? It, it's, it's a Lonsdale. It's a Lonsdale. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, fantastic cigar. Menarca. Okay, it's on my list. 64. Maduro. Maduro. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. so with the Bon Robert cigar line, Rob, is that kind of where you're uh, kind of putting it price wise, competing with those kind of uh, cigars like uh, Padron and mm-hmm. Davidoff and whatnot, or no? Um, I don't think we've made that decision at this point. You know, it, we pricing them. No, it look. You know, it, we we want it to be again something that. People will buy because they smoke it as a regular cigar. I want no part, really don't want any part of of going after a market that's that's not part of my own personality, which is you know, I don't want to I don't want to produce a 35, 45, 50 dollar cigar. Um, it's 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 not in my world. Mind you, in three years' time I'd change that mind. But right now, <laughs> it's not it's not it's not me. I can we can we just get back to making cigars and delivering cigars that people can smoke every day without checking their bank balance? Um, because what's going on at the moment is is for me in the, in the Habanos world is relatively sickening, and because I've seen too many friends being forced out of the market been forced out of the hobby um, and and they've been they don't want to leave they've just been told that they've and the way they feel they've been told that they're not good enough or they don't earn enough to smoke a cuban cigar and you know what that's gut-wrenching because yeah, it's not what yeah. i'm about do you um do you see them shifting more toward new world cigars they're being forced to shift to new world cigars, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it gives them a this is, and I say, look, hey, the obstacle is the way. Yeah, uh, yep. this gives them an opportunity to go and explore something they wouldn't normally have explored. So you know, glass half full, take it as a whole new learning experience, and and they'll find things that they love. And I hope, I really do hope, that they fall in love with a whole range of non-Cuban cigars, and. And it comes back to bite HSA on the ass. The shortage uh, compounds that whole problem with people with cigar smokers being priced out of the priced out of the hobby, because there's there's those kind of run of the mill whatever it is. If you go deep into the Monte Cristo line where there's not as much demand, um, or into the portfolio brands um, on the lower end of the catalog those aren't available. So it's not even like you can downgrade your cigar, you know, your Cuban game to a low, kind of a lower portfolio brand level smoke. Those aren't even that available. No. No, So it compounds it, you know, it's like there's a price increase, but it's price increases on the most popular stuff. And the cheaper stuff is there, but some of it's not even being produced. Like a Swash Supreme was an affordable cigar yeah. at one time. 
it's not it's very, it's very much akin to it's a, 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 a of going, of walking into a party, into a door, and no one wants to talk to you. Yeah. yeah. And so you're, you're wandering around, you're wandering around, and to be fair, no one's giving you the time of day. You walk out of that door, and it leaves a it leaves a bad taste in, in your mouth. And so I have a I have a quick comment, glass half full, and I, I just want to pose a a counter argument here to the pricing thing. Now, not talking about Cohiba and Trinidad, which I, obviously that's they're so ridiculous. But to me, if I'm paying, let's say, 15 bucks, let's just say because it's easy, for a D4, yep. that is still in line, pretty close to in line with any of the other quality Robustos that I'm able to get, Cuban or not. And for 15 bucks, that, that hour that that cigar is giving me, that enjoyment, I don't think that that's too crazy a price for that cigar. So I think that in some ways the price increases are in line with maybe the value that I get out of those cigars. Maybe I'm different. Certainly it was a jolt, the kind of increases that they did in such a short time. But, I mean, am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I I think some of the price increases, to your point, meet the value that they provide. The D4 is a great example of that. The thing I think that becomes problematic is is kind of even the the perception. I, I think Rob was talking about the taste that this leaves in people's mouth. I think one of the things that our listeners tell us surprises them. There's this perception that Cuban cigars, even before these, well before these price increases, are really expensive and hard to get. And there, there's this high barrier to entry to even getting into enjoying Habanos. And I worry not even as much about the person who's forced out right now by these price increases, but the thing that breaks my heart even more is the young cigar smoker that's trying to find their way and is never even going to give a Habanos a shot because they see some of these prices and they just assume that as a category, as a whole, mm-hmm. it's un- it's just so inaccessible yep. that it's not worth, I don't want to spend $20 on a cigar that I have no idea whether I'm going to like or not, but that they feel more comfortable spending 10 or $12 on a cigar to figure out whether they like or not. So for me, the perception that this creates... I think in the long run is going to spell real problems when you think about like the next generation of cigar smokers that may never give this the same try where you think about when we all had our first Cuban cigar. I mean, we were able to spend $10 to get a D4. The stakes were so low, whether we liked it or not, we weren't worried about the outcome. I think, you know, years from now, someone that's got to spend $20 to just get their foot wet with in the Cuban market, that's going to really deter a lot of people. That's what kills me. It's a lot. And the timing before the price increase allowed us all here to stock up our cabinets. And it was a great advantage. But to your point, what are the new guys going to do? You know, what options do they have? They're going to go new world or Rob's new cigar line. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think it's also fairly others. Yeah. Or others. Yeah. I think it's also fairly regional though, because the, the elasticity, I think, for the price increase in North America of Cuban cigars, there is some elasticity. There's the, the people that are smoking Cuban cigars, to to Gizmo's point, are more are are probably gonna be okay with an extra dollar or two that they're paying for that Cuban cigar. We also have the wonderful new world market here for a lot of those people that a lot of those teachers and taxi drivers, they're never they they that perception is already there. So they're smoking New World cigars out of the Dominican, out of Nicaragua out of you know Honduras and they're loving them and they 
you know, they'll continue to try New World cigars and enjoy them, and maybe they'll have a Cuban era there. But the price elasticity in in North America, I think, is is there. Whereas in somewhere like Asia or Europe, you're kind of mostly smoking Cuban cigars. So there, it's the the capacity is the the market really is smaller because you're only focused on that one kind of Habanos portfolio. So yeah, that you're immediately priced out of the market. You and don't the have taxes. as much. You don't yeah. have as much and access. Taxes. And that goes to Rob's point that he made earlier, where the European market is shrinking or truncating, right? Because of this. Yeah, and imagine sense. if the U.S. the embargo ends and they start supplying to the U.S. It will never end. I mean, this. It's never ending. <laughs> I hope it ends one day. <laughs> yeah, Rob, we but just threw a lot at you. That's all right. There's nothing special. There's, there's nothing wrong with the sixteen dollar D four. Yeah, because I think that's probably where it should have been priced uh, all along. What's wrong is how you communicate with your with with the client base, um, and and to and to give and to change that over thirty five days or forty five days was a disgrace. I mean, I don't care how you turn it upside down it was a disgrace it, it in terms of you know you run a marketing campaign for a year an education campaign let's let's let's, let's become politicians not a marketing campaign it's an education campaign for a year and you say that look it's one of the great cigars in the world here is you know in terms of the echelon of cigars as a robusta it is in line with the top end or better than the top end oliva it's in line with very good padrons, etc. There, we're going to call it a sixteen dollars cigar. But you go, you go, knock the price up twenty odd percent, twenty five percent, and then you come back. What is it? Now it's May, and you come back five months later and tell the world you're going to knock it up again. What another ten, fifteen percent in January? Yep. Then the only impression you're giving is an industry in disarray or a company in disarray. You're not giving any other impression. There's no education. There's no, there's no discussion points here. And 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 that's concerning. Um, in, in terms of when are they going to stop? Does that mean that like generally their price increases come in May every year? So does that mean there's another price increase in May? Oh God! Uh, what 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 is there? What is I mean? Yeah, they're going to raise the price twice a year. This is just yeah. insanity. So, it is. So basically, they had the marketing meeting, uh, the distributed marketing meeting in June. There was no, there was no discussion of, of, of a January price increase. Right? So, and of course, they normally don't discuss price increases, or distributors don't discuss it with retailers, because what do retailers do? They go and raid everything they can possibly get up front um, to beat the price. But it, these days, you can't do that anyway, because there's enough stock that they don't have the stock to give it to you. So, yeah, my my biggest issue is just a lack of transparency, a lack of lack of direction. Um, I don't know what do I tell the what do I t- so we have a BNM as well. Yes, not just online, we have a BNM locally. So, what do you tell your guys who come in on uh, on on the on the on the fifteenth of January and their D four just got up another three dollars? Mate. That's how crazy. much abuse can you how much abuse can you take as a as, as a Cuban cigar lover devotee? You know, you're forcing a lot of these people to go out and and look at other things. Mind you, look, 30% of our client base couldn't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll just buy. 30% of the client base couldn't care. And they'll just they'll just spend the dollars. But the yeah. um, the other issue is I think in the US market for the new entrants who do want to try Cubans. 
Uh, firstly, obviously, it's uh, very difficult to procure them. Uh, but ha- uh, in addition to that, uh, if somebody wants to try a particular cigar, he has to end up buying a box. And I think um, the alternative is uh, they can go into a retail store in the U.S. and pick up a single, you know, or at least try one or two cigars of any of the new worlds. So I think uh, I think the long-term uh, ramifications of that, uh, you know, could be a, um, you know, a different market in time to come because the quality of the new worlds have been improving day by day. And there's no question yeah, about it's, that. It's, it's uh, you know, 10 years ago, you would struggle to to have a decent, outside the major brands, a decent NC uh, under the, no, over the, no, a $10 decent NC. Now there's there's heaps, there's heaps. It, it's the market has changed dramatically, uh, or, or the quality, the blending, the blending, the, the blending process has gone. And look, you still have all those private labels um, who go and order a private label from some of the majors, and there's only six price, so there's only six blends, and you might have a hundred private labels going and getting six blends, yeah, or, or or going to a major manufacturer. And they get given one of six blends, and that's their private label, and and they're happy with that. There's no shortcut to real blending, and I do respect people who go out there and and really spend the time to blending something that they love and taking it to their re- to their community, to their retail network in the US and get it done. Um, but I don't think you guys realize how special you have it in the US, in terms of the ability to walk into divans. And and buy a stick, sit down and smoke it, is almost yeah. unknown of in Asia and Europe wow. in terms of accessibility. Wow, it's almost un- unheard of. That's crazy, yeah. Uh, that is that's insane. And we were thinking we had it so good when we were in Cuba. Oh yeah. You know, Bam Bam and I sat down at the the best restaurants we were at. You're sitting there with your steak. You light up the cigar, and nobody even looks at you funny. They were bringing Trinidad's around in one of the restaurants. Yeah, a box of them. Amazing. Just open. Which one? Yeah, so, uh, Esmeralda. 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 Yeah. That's very yeah. good. No less. Yeah. Did, did you take your black light? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I couldn't fit it in a luggage. It's a good question, actually. You know the other you know, thing. It's true. You know it's the true. other thing too, Rob, that we've learned on the podcast here is that exactly to your point. So we came into this, uh, doing this, and and we've all been uh, loving Cuban cigars for the last few years, especially. And we came into this and we alternate every week a Cuban, non-Cuban, right? And we were really anticipating that the Cubans were going to blow it out of the water. And not only have we had some really, like, we come in and, oh, what cigar we spoke of today? We pull it out. Oh, God, what's this going to be like? We've had some really crazy revelations Big about surprises. quality. Like, Big surprises. huge surprises. And actually, if you look at the data over the last 60-something episodes, Cuban and non-Cuban are like almost identical on the average rating. Neck and neck. Like everything I think is average yeah. out at like an 8.0. Is that true? Yeah. Yes. It is. It's and you're, you're rating too, Puba. Yeah, you are. And which, I'm rating? Yeah. You got to look at the yeah. spreadsheet. Yeah, it's on the website. But yeah. um, it's, it's been a real revelation. The other point I wanted to make too, Rob, for listeners out there to, uh, to, to Pagoda's point about needing to buy boxes. Actually, the one thing I think is cool on, on 2424 is that you also offer quarter boxes and half boxes. So somebody who wants to try something without having to buy all 25, you can get six sticks or 12 sticks or whatever. Um, so split, you know, them with, split them with a mate and, yeah. and, and do that. But in terms of the, the biggest problem with NCs always was, or from, from an outsider looking in, 
Because I used to love, back in the 97, 98, 99, 96, 97, 98, 99. So I used to love the Tony Bohani cigars. Um, some of the stuff that Tony Bohani was doing was great. Some of those La Gloria Cabana Wavel Maduros that Ernesto was doing were superb cigars. But the minute they got popular and the minute the production had to increase to meet demand is the minute they all just, the quality went out the window. Um, and it, it's one of the biggest, you know, popularity comes with a curse, yeah? You've got to be able to manage it in terms of production and maintaining maintaining discipline in what you're delivering. Um, and I, that's what I love about Padron so much is is that if they don't have it, they don't sell it. Consistency. There's no shortcuts. Yeah, the, the There's consistency. no shortcuts. Yeah, if you're a retailer, well, then you have to wait uh, until they're ready, um, which huge kudos. I, I think what you just said there, Rob, is so important. I think the most underrated thing just about cigars generally is consistency. It's so underappreciated. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you have to have a scoring system for boxes of Cubans in a perfect world, they would all be consistent. There would never even be a need for it. And the brands yeah. that do that yeah. better than others deserve all the credit in the world. And, and Padron is, the, and Padron does that top of the line. Yeah. Padron does that. Yeah. Their standards are so high. The curse with Cuban cigars, but people love Cuban cigars. Yeah. That, it's a little bit. It's a little bit like a golf shot, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if you guys play golf, but you know you could be a hacker, and you can you you could be scoring a hundred and nine, and you hit that one shot, that one glorious shot, that just goes this close to the pin, and that's and you go home and for the next week all you think about that one glorious shot, not your scorecard, yeah, and it keeps you going back, and with with Cuban cigars, I don't, we had a St. Louis, St. Louis double corona the other day with Kenny on, on one of our reviews. It was a 98, 99 point cigar. Wow. You just occasionally on a Cuban cigar, whether it be a D4 or an 8, 98, you get a 97, 98 point cigar, 96, 97, 98, that just keeps you coming back. Because you know what? It's almost impossible to get that level of perfection. When, when you hit, you don't, it's hard to describe, but when you smoke it, you know it because you've all had it. Oh, it's yeah. just that, that one glorious piece of perfection that keeps you coming back. Like and a Vegas, like a Vegas Rabinia Classico, Classico's 2011. <laughs> That's the one, Rob. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Speaking of, we, we only go. brought we only brought you on. We only invited you on to, to just bribe you and just ask: Do you have any of those hidden around the warehouse that you can maybe <laughs> Great sneak question. out the back door? To Great us? question. Those Lonsdales, you have those? It doesn't yeah, have to be a PSP box. Yeah, we don't need the well, sticker. Hate, you guys, yes. you guys would know. I love I love the Vega Rubina Classicals, but would would I be wrong in saying that thirty percent of those were plugged? No, no. In those in those good years, no. not the twenty eleven, not the eleven, not the eleven. The ones we not have the been before great. that. Now the before that, before, oh, that. before that. that. No, they were. Roosters I, the only guy that would know. That. Yeah, you're entering two thousand one box smoking great. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me ask you. So that SLR was that the Churchill that you smoked? Double Corona. Double Corona. What what year? Uh, A B Enero A seven. Oh seven, yeah. I'm Darling. on. I'm on Bond Roberts right now. <laughs> <laughs> Get me a box, please. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But uh, the but the chase. It's you're you're talking about. Yeah, you, you know you, you you have that. There are these 
Cuban cigars that are so special and um, these runs that laddering back to the runs you're talking about and these runs and and uh, it is it is like a golf shot. My favorite Cuba Robusto of all time. I still remember smoking on the balcony 15 years ago, and it it was it was honey dripping with cream. I, mean, I still remember. I can still taste it. Honey, it was the closest point to a hundred point cigar that I've had. And you know, I I still judge every Cohiba Robusto against that one moment, um, which is unfair. But it's that one moment that keeps re- reaching for a Cohiba Robusto just in case. Uh, it's totally kind of, unfair, but who cares? <laughs> it is. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Who cares? But it, it is. And I don't find that – I like. I've had – I just don't find a lot of 96, 97, 98 point NCs that I've come across yet. And I look forward to coming across those. I just don't get that 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 magical shot that you get from – from Cuba, and mind you, it's it, it's. I'm sure it's completely by accident out of Cuba that you just everything, all the stars and, and, and the moons aligned on the day uh, to get it done. I don't think that's and and Hamlet Hamlet's very good. Like he he says, blending with Cuban tobacco is the easiest thing in the world because the tobacco is smooth, rich, and sweet, and it's so easy to blend with. You don't really have to blend. Anyone can do it. It's not that difficult to do. Uh, it gets, and it's a pour all, yeah. It gets. Yeah. It, it, I I love I love Nick blenders because it's far more of a challenge if you're a Nick blender. Yeah. Uh, to get that balance right because it's very yeah. You know, there's not many Nicaraguan puros for a reason. Uh, right. Yeah. You need to you need to blend it out. Need to blend it out. Yeah. It's strong. So guys, we're coming to the end of the Partagas Lusitania. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what everybody's thinking of this experience today. It's an amazing, fantastic smoke. N- no issues here. No yeah. barn issues. The draw no. is—it's uh, slightly, little bit on the on the like a medium, you know, like little tight, but not bad. I kind of like it. It's not like completely open, uh, but burning great, great flavor. Yeah. I I unfortunately <laughs> had to put mine down. My wrapper exploded oh <laughs> mm. so it was uh busted yeah my uh just to build on that my wrapper exploded as well yeah um uh, did, so i don't know what that that, that did you take the band off too early no 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 okay. no, no, no the, i tried to take the band off to save it actually uh, yeah no. that you would save it with taking the band off but the uh it, 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 it was very good all the way down until i just started having that issue also very good. So, so I, my, my wrapper exploded, as I said before, and um, it's still exploding. Here, <laughs> but but you're, still, amazing, you're still smoking it, it, though. Yeah. So, so we've got, we got eight people here, and three have got construction issues from wrappers. And this is about a, what, $30 stick? Yeah. yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Plus, yeah. yeah. So that's what they've got to get right. We'll just have to. We'll just have to use the Habanos money back guarantee, Rob. We'll just uh, <laughs> the package is all up and it, send yeah, them in. It would be paid. In pe- it'd be paid in pesos. Go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. I'm going back to my RAS. <laughs> so, are you guys ready to do the uh, formal lizard rating on this thing? Oh yeah. All right. Sure. So, Rob, we're going to need a whole number from you, zero through ten, 
And uh, you can go last. Courtesy, guest courtesy, you can go last. Please. All right. Rooster, you're up. So I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Mine eight. didn't explode. So no, no, I'm in. It, it, it. It's everything that the cigar is and should be, at where it is. Uh, but because of that, because of the construction issue, I give it an eight. Okay, I'm going to give it a nine. Mine was delicious, all the way down, no problems. I really enjoyed it, Senator. This is tough for me because uh, I mean Rob doesn't necessarily know this, but I, I I'm obsessed with Partagas. It's easily my favorite brand. I love. The Lusitanias, but I have to say, I, I this was not as complex as other Lucy's I've had, and I'm not sure why. I mean, I have a cabinet that's uh, 2020, and I feel it's more complex than this. I, in the very final fourth, the wrapper also did explode on mine, so it pains me to do this because this cigar most days for me would be a nine, um, but I'm gonna have to give it an eight. Um, I'm giving it an eight as well, and uh, for me. It did explode. I just smoked through it, and then it somehow just uh, got back together. Um, uh, I really enjoyed uh, the last uh, third, uh, more so than the middle. I uh, enjoyed it in the beginning as well, but an eight for me. Okay, grinder? Eight. Eight for grinder. And Rob, what's your rating? And uh, Bam Bam needs to... Oh, I forgot Bam Bam. <laughs> Rob, I forgot Bam Bam. You Bam see, Bam. Rob? Sorry. Did you see that, Rob? <laughs> Take <still> notes. <laughs> Take notes. <laughs> He's been very quiet, Rob. <laughs> I have. So I intentionally smoked this very slow, slower than normal, because I wanted to really experience this whole cigar. I'm giving it a nine. I got a, a little bit of baking spice, a little salt. It was, for me, fantastic. And I'm taking this all the way down. Nine for me. Awesome. All right, Rob, what's your number? Yeah, solid six. Um, in that... I, I smoke a fair few, Lucy. This wasn't the best one. The roller had a, a tough day at the office on this one. Um, <laughs> they they got the first half right, that that sourdough, that uh, that sweet paprika mix. It was actually really nicely done that first half, but then they 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 screwed up the they screwed up the blend on the back end on this, and it just became hot and dirty, um, ashy. They lost interest. Uh, they screwed it up, and so they get a six. Ooh. Tough, tough grader. That, that's a tough one, yeah. Rob's a tough grader. Wow, I like it. All right, boys, the formal lizard rating on the Partagas Lusitania is an 8.0. Nice one. Yeah. yeah, good yeah, score. Yeah, that's a good score. So, 80 uh, point cigar. I mean, so, Rob, I wanted to ask you. Oh, sorry, Senator. I was just going to say, I mean, this goes back to the pursuit, right? Because I think all of us, Rob included, have had Lucy's that score much higher than this one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, well, it was yeah. satisfying enough, but... We're left wanting more, and we know that if you pursue these enough, you're going to find that magic one that's going to do the job. Yeah, and I think that, I don't know, for me, that makes the, the Cuban cigar chase, we've talked about this, like, like you know, Senator and, and Puba are, are really into wine. To me, it's like, it's kind of like that journey, like you're just chasing that thing. It makes it more intriguing that sometimes you hit and sometimes you don't, or going back to the golf analogy, like, that's what makes Cuban cigars really interesting to me. Agreed. I don't know, and and for the listener, it. when you hit, stock up. It's yeah. just like oh, yeah. wine. When you find that just perfect blend that year, just a good crop, you want to stock up by the caseload. Great advice. And it's the same thing with boxes of these. Just call yeah. Rob. He'll get you a master crate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 um, I, I, think that, I think that when you blend a cigar, when you roll a cigar, and and the new, and they're not and the NC world because they because they roll cigars in pairs. Someone does the bunching. Someone does the wrapping. Your consistency is far better. Than, than the Cuban cigar world, 
where one guy, one girl does the entire, one woman does the entire thing, yeah? So one guy does the bunching, one girl does the bunching in the Nicaraguan world, and they just seem to get it right, especially you have small teams. So you've got 10, 10 pairs. You can actually maintain that consistency, right? I'm a big believer on how a cigar should start because you remember that. But also how it finishes is, is important. So if you screw up the finish of a cigar, you haven't done your job. Um, you've got to blend that finish right. It can't be too overpowering. It's got to have a level of interest. It's got to have a level of integrity and DNA for that cigar. And this is why this one here didn't do it. They didn't blend the back end right, and they get a fail. Not a fail, but it was a good cigar. It wasn't great. I got a question for you, Rob. That's a good. That's a very. Are there any uh, ears that you uh, avoid in Cuban cigars? Like, let's say the dark period. What's your opinion about that? Or 2017 maybe wasn't a, a great year, 2016, 2017. What's your opinion? Yeah, I, I again, runs. So I can go back to my notes and tell you which ones to buy in 2017 and months, um, it, which were great. But, I mean, we everyone, everyone knows that the late, the late 1990s wasn't, wasn't a special time. Um, 2004, I thought was pretty ordinary. Uh, 16, 17 not their best of years generally just producing a lot of cigars but jesus a lot of rubbish coming through it i suppose trinidad took that down too yeah i mean trinidad in those years weren't great and there's always exceptions to the rule people say oh, i bought a box of from the doris 2016 and that was brilliant that's fine and congratulations but the reality is that there's a lot of rubbish produced at the same time and it shouldn't be uh, I, so yeah that's 2016 17 yeah right. I, I wouldn't be rushing out Right. So 2004, 2016, 2017, and obviously the dark period. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and the dark period. Um, but again, there, there, are plenty, there are plenty of exceptions. If you get the box for the right price, yeah, have a crack. But oof, I wouldn't be putting my money down on, on too much there. To give you an idea... The, there's lots of 2016s. Are they H. Chapman Petit Coronas? Who's a H. Chapman Petit Corona fan? We're big H. Chapman fans. Yeah. So, so again, the PC of 16, they're, they're, again, my clients are completely divided on that cigar. Um, some love them, and a lot of them are H. Chapman Petit Corona fans, but they're not quite sure about that year of them. A 16 was a bit troubling. Not in all cigars, just some. I have a D4, it's a 2016 box. It's phenomenal. Mm. Same. It yeah. Smokes great. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, they inc they, they continually improved from 2005 on. Um, and the biggest jump for me in improvement year on year was uh, two, six, seven, and eight. They just went to another level in that. And they've been building since then. Um, I'm actually curious, uh, along with what Rooster asked around certain years, um, are there Cuban marcas or brands that you would say fare better on the consistency front than others we've talked about in the new world space padron being kind of the the benchmark for consistency are there certain cuban brands that you think odds are more times than not they're going to be consistent than others no no <laughs> that's depressing <laughs> it has wait. to be part of us no but i gotta ask a question so like Partagas. Partagas. Okay. So the Alphabet series in Partagas. It uh, couldn't you couldn't you argue that that 
maybe is more consistent than what Monty puts out. So we were doing, we were doing, sorry, let me, they were doing some, um, to, to, to do, was it, uh, they're doing some BBF out of Partagas. It was about 2016, I think it's 2016, 17s, yeah, where you could, you could squeeze every BBF that came out of Partagas, you could squeeze between thumb and forefinger and touch your fingers, yeah. And we put in a complaint, we didn't, we, we filmed it and threw it through to PCC and PCC look it across the Havanots and, because we'd normally expect nothing to come back from that sort of uh, um, complaint. But it turned out there's a massive, a, a massive little business going on with people just <laughs> just taking out filler to make the road cigars at home. Yeah. Wonderful. So they really cracked down. You know, we went through that period, I mean, that period of underfilling of cigars in six, 15, 16, 17. A lot of cigars are underfilled, and some people today will say they're underfilled, but this was nothing compared to what it was during that period of time. And it was a complete scam going on um, internally. So, yeah, and that was through Partagas. Partagas has, look, Partagas is a good factory. Generally, Partagas does good cigars, but you're going to say they're, they're the most consistent? Yeah, maybe. But look, they're up there, but I couldn't put them above El Aguito. I couldn't put them above La Corona. I mean, La Corona... Um, the Bushido cigars, the Dip Twos that came out with those Bushido cigars. So Bushido, anything that was made, anything that was made at that period of time, uh, when Bushido came out, you can pick up a Dip Two from that same period. Those Dip Twos are probably some of the greatest Dip Twos in history. I don't what, know what, why. What period is that? Yeah, what year is that? What, what are we talking? Uh, I've, I've lost. I've, I've had a mental block here. Are we talking? Are we talking two? Are we talking fifteen? I'd have to double check there, but. It, they are some of the best dip twos. Just look at the the production period for Bushido and, and buy dip twos from that period. My God, I've never seen dip twos better pre prior to that or post that. Um, and and the smoking of it yeah, was stunning. So again, runs, yeah, runs, runs. What, what is what is Bushido? A Diplomatico Bushido, which is a PCC regional release. Should be able to ah. Yeah, we yeah. haven't had good luck with dip twos, so I'd I'd love to have a dip two that blew me away. Yeah, it just hasn't happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it, it, dip two, and and not everything that you buy or not every blend is going to resonate with your palate either. Um, there are certain cigars that that members um, speak volumes about, but I just don't get it. I just I just, I just can't get. It took me years to get La Gloria Cabana Vidal or number twos. I went a decade. I couldn't understand what people were going on about. Uh, we love that cigar. <laughs> yeah, you love that cigar. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's, there's something on my palate that doesn't get what you guys are getting, and that's fine. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm just not wide that way. We love the uh, number four. Oh my god. Number two yeah. and the number three. They're incredible. Yeah. But yeah. it is a very yeah. different flavor profile. Yes. I mean, we talk about how very floral, floral that cigar is. Yeah. It's yeah. Very, very unique. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Rob, when was the last time you saw MDO fours come up? Um, it'd be two years now, yeah. But I've seen I've seen them in Europe with uh, twenty two box code um, oh. on the forum. Yes, yeah, so uh, I know they've That's been good some to know. in Europe again. Again, this is depth of production. So someone's going to made. Because basically they get a quota, yeah? The factory will get a quota, you make 10,000 sticks or whatever it's going to be, wait for the boxes to come in, send them out. And that doesn't mean they're going to be made again for another 12 months. 
and 10,000 thick is nothing. Yeah. Um, so what's that? 800, 800 boxes. So, and off they go around the world and they come up on shelves and people think they're back in stock, but the reality is no one's got another quota for production for another 12 months, or 18 months. No one knows. So, so it's sad. That's sad. And that just happened with Sir Winston's too. Everybody was really excited that Sir Winston's were popping up and there wasn't much out there. No. Yeah. It Again, it's loaves and fishes, yeah? Um, it's it's just pretend, yeah, and gone. It, it's, and we're seeing it across the board. There's just no depth to production outside of the of your Monty 2s, your D4s, your Monty 4s, your Monty 1s. They seem to have that in regular production, but outside of that, it is just, it's a classic shell game. Here it is, bang, and there it's gone. And it's not there next month. Wow. So back to the Lusitania, one last question for you, Rob. What was the best Lusitania you've ever had? Oh, cabinet 2005 had the most beautiful Rostado wrappers that just looked like they were rubbed with Vaseline on them, but uh, just Rosado, not dark, just red, just red dirt wrappers, gorgeous. And um, I, I think I finished the last one of those uh, two years ago. And the great, I don't, I don't think I had anything less than a 96 point cigar out of that goddamn cabinet. Wow. And I love them. All right, but so that's, add that to, me, to the Bond it's, Roberts. It's my favourite rapper. <laughs> it, it, it's my favourite rapper. I, I love a red rapper. I love that Rosado, that proper red, red rapper on a cigar. Uh, thin, slight oil on it, and it just imparts a beautiful finishing touch to a cigar that's unique. Sometimes you see them on the Partagas EL box. Yeah. Like yeah. the reddish, reddish brown wrapper, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and that's why the 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 you see them on the on the also the Partagas uh, E twos, and if you see if you see a, if you see a Rosado wrap on a, on an E two, specifically if it comes from El Ligito, they had that beautiful run of El Ligito E twos for for two years there, and majority were along those Rosado. Or Colorado, Colorado, the Rosado Rapids. And they're still highly sought after uh, because they're just exceptional cigars. When we were at El Aquito last week, there was uh, one of the rooms had it was finished boxes of E2s. Unbelievable. There must have been 300 boxes just stacked full of. And they won't leave the country for a year. I, I have to say that, that, well, that particular cigar, even if you're not a fan of larger ring gauge cigar, cigars, that, that particular smoke, uh, is just outstanding. It's outstanding. Uh, uh, most of the time, yeah. uh, especially with a little bit of age, it's. Uh, oh, absolutely! I mean, kudos to them. Whoever blended that cigar, hats off. That was a remarkable blend. Whoever blended the Rio Seco, the Hoy the Monte Rio Seco. Forget the size of the cigar. Forget the gauge. But what a unique cigar! And at their best, and they're fairly consistent. But it is. What a beautiful flavor profile. Anyone who can actually engineer a gingerbread type profile in a cigar and do it consistently, I think 10 out of 10. You're, you're singing my song now, Rob. <laughs> yeah, 10 out of 10. So we got to get some of those too. <laughs> Rooster has a big list for Bon Roberts tonight, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Good luck. All right, Rob, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. We really appreciate your time and your insight and, and your support. Thank you so much for, uh, 
for coming on and joining us for the pod tonight. Fabulous conversation. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it it's just great talking cigars with people who love cigars and um, continue doing what you're doing. Uh, it's it's needed. Thank you. Thank we, you, man. We need to do this again. Yeah, when you come to New York, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll do some NCs that maybe will get you close to the 98, 99 point yeah. NC. We have a couple for you that we want you to try. Yeah, yeah. I love the journey, yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> it'll be messy. Good. <laughs> <laughs> We're all for that. All right, boys. An 8.0 tonight on the Partagas Lusitania. Again, Rob, thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate it and uh, hope you come on again soon. Cheers, fellas. Take care. All right, boys. We'll see you next week. Keep smoking. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website, loungelizardspod.com. That's loungelizardspod.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.